Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Well, hello, Stevie. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Feliz Viernes to you, my friend. And happy Friday from stateside mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Many happy celebrations. And to you, sir. I believe somebody has a, a birthday this weekend. I have no idea. What's a weekend? A weekend is what, where one stops working. Oh, that was I was quoting Downton Abbey. Oh, I see. I don't <laughs> Maggie watch Smith. Abbey. Of course you haven't. But I have. I'm a Yank. And it's You're charming. an Anglophile. Well, I've only seen the first season of Downton Abbey. Okay. I'd never followed through, but it, it hit all the bases for me. And obviously, Maggie Smith saying, what's a weekend, is, is going to mm. stay with me forever. Well, fear not, dear listeners. This is not going to turn into a Downton Abbey podcast. No, because today's star date is not the weekend. It's star date 2180409.8. And we are discussing Picard Season 1, Episode 8, Broken Pieces. Everything is broken. Everything's broken. Everything's in pieces. Once again, they've done it with the title that means everything to everyone. Because everything hmm. is in broken pieces in this episode. I don't know how they do it. They must, they must, when they're breaking out the show, be like, and this one, we'll call this one Broken Pieces. Because what's the theme? Everyone's broken. Hmm. Do you think they sit around and say, okay, you take Girardi. I'll take Picard, you take Rios, and we'll figure out what's broken with all of them and put it all together. They come up with the episode name first, perhaps? You think they're like, this will be broken pieces, and now let's figure out how they're all broken. (laughs) Uh, I wonder if that's how they do it. No, I feel like they probably make a big thing and they go like, how are we going to resolve these questions? We'll do it in this episode. Mm. And then they're like, we'll try to get every, see if we can cover everything about their backstories and everything in this one episode. And that's what I feel like was done here mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Broken Pieces. Shall we run it down? Let's run it down. It's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? Talk about the car down. John Luke Picard, yes. It was almost turning into the Friends. Uh oh. Yes. <laughs> so no one told you space was gonna be this way, huh? <laughs> uh, okay. So, <laughs> all right. I'll work on that spoof for <laughs> for some reason. Uh, okay. So yeah, broken pieces. It's all about broken pieces. Everything's broken, 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 broken. But before we get into that, let's just talk about the cold open. It's got some, well, it does have some broken pieces. We finally get the background on all this business because we are welcome to the, uh, I think it's called the grief world. The grief world mm. of Aya. I don't, they never say it, but I'm going to say Aya. It's spelled A-I-A. And 
it's Romulan agents of the Zatvash, and they're being lectured to by someone. They're standing in cloaks with hoods around some kind of glowing circle. And very witchy. It's extremely, yes, yeah, very coveny. And they're like, as the person is like, there are disturbing images. This place is where we were left by an ancient civilization to tell us what would happen if things went wrong. Now you will witness what we call the admonition. It will drive some of you mad. But for the rest of you, you will know what our mission is. Step forth and see the admonition. And we see, looking at the admonition on Aya, the grief world is... Uh, not only Nerissa, the who we know is to be the super driven Zatvash brother of Narek, but also her auntie. Sister of Narek. What did I say? Brother of Narek. Sister of Narek and Auntie Ramda. Well, Narek is her brother. Auntie yes. Ramda. Auntie Ramda. I don't think we knew that they were related until this moment, until this scene, right? No, I don't think we did. So, yeah, whatever. They clutch the glowing circle. Things go through their minds. Things blowing up. I don't know. It's not really as disturbing as I would think it would be, but I guess it's whatever. They're Romulans. Maybe they are very emotional. Uh, so it's it, things are blowing up and people are getting exploded. And there's a part where you see Data's face, which is confusing. Mm. And then it does cause several of them to go mad uh, in pretty graphic uh, scene. They like shoot themselves in the head and one lady's bashing herself in the head with a rock. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a lady who's scouts who's like scraping her. Oh, score, yeah, scraping her face, her face yeah. like trying to gouge her eyes out. Um, Narissa is seems shaken, but she's not like freaking out. She's like a single tear, and mm. Auntie Ramda is on the ground weeping, and oh, and rips out part of her hair. In uh, yes, yeah, in in grief, grief. The she grief. She away nightly, I think. Yes. But then, okay, so. Uh, the person who was talking to them the whole time was none other than Commodore O. So it wasn't earlier on when O was speaking to Narissa, it wasn't that Narissa was a secret agent and, and O didn't know. O knew about Narissa. And this sort of jives with what O showed Jurati in her mind through the Vulcan mind meld. Okay, so then later on, we we're back in the present and Narissa is talking to Auntie Ramda. Remember, she's an XB that Soji spoke to who said, you will become destroyer of worlds. And she's basically gives a full, uh, what would you, what's it called? The, like, uh, oh no. What's the stupid word? Exposition. Exposition. She gives a bunch of exposition. She's like, ah, oh, you are such a fool, Auntie Ramda, to take me and Narek in when our parents died, and even more of a fool to submit yourself for the admonitioning. But you went true. You were never truly sane, and you went crazy mad then. But you did it in a spectacular way. Yes, you were the one who ruined the Borg cube with the sheer power of your grief. But. Narek has the the location of the homeworld, and he's going, and I'm going to go with ships as soon as I shut down this quote. What is your quote? Look for your little lyrics, I almost said. <laughs> she calls it, oh, House of Horrors, in reference to the artifact. And she's like, you could join us if you wake up, and then she doesn't wake up. And then she contacts one of her people, and she's like, have you found the freak? And the camera cuts to uh, Elnor, and they're like, yeah, we found him in Hugh's office. And so they go in, 
and try to capture Elnor it's with a with a stun grenade and three Romulan guards take him on he's fighting boop, 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 boop. he's pew, doing pew, his pew, best he gets disarmed he gets thrown against the wall he punches he does a flip tries to break a guy's neck doesn't work then they all three pile on and they've got their disruptors on him and then pew one person gets hit by a disruptor pew another one gets hit by a disruptor who's this stranger that's come to save Elnor pew third person gets hit by a disruptor and out of the shadows yes who should step but seven of nine. <gasps> seven of nine. Did you say seven of nine? I did. I said seven of nine. Yes. Do, 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 do. She's seven of nine. Yes. Oh, God. My favorite FX that you've ever created. Well, you know what? As I was rewatching this uh, yesterday night or this morning, who can remember, when she does like come into the light, I was like, you know, the Seven of Nine song wouldn't be bad here. She's like, Seven of Nine, slow mo, like mm-hmm. 80s hair. And she's like, What's going on here? Where's Hugh? And then Elnor just runs up and hugs her. And she's like, Okay, weirdo. And she gives him a hug back. And mm-hmm. that's the end of the, the thing, of the cold open. So that's where we start. That's how things are, are on the artifact. And yep. uh, now let's get into the broken pieces of things. So the whole episode is everyone's all broke. Uh, it, we, the hope for the first, I remember first seeing this where, where Soji first comes aboard with Picard and Rio sees her. And then he goes into like a weird fugue state. Mm. What was like, what was that about? It seems super trancy. It's like he's seen a ghost. It's like he's seen. Why, why Rios? You look as if you've seen a ghost. Uh, and Picard's like, hey, 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 I need a secure thing to Starfleet. Rios. Get it together, bro. Snap and he's out like, take it. me to the closest Starbase. And Rios is like, I'll take you there. But then you're on your own. I'm out of here. And he keeps looking at Soji all freaked out. And then he runs away. And then Rafi shows up. And she's like, where the hell have you been, Picard? You bringing this girl on board? Don't you know what's going on? Gerardi turned out to be a double agent. And Picard's like, say what? I don't believe you. And she's like, we think she killed Bruce Maddox. And Picard's like, how do you know? Is it fact or theory? And Rafi's like, well, it's theory. But she had a tracker in her blood. She's a secret Zod or something and uh picard's like okay let's talk about it so they go down to sick bay they talk to the emh they find out that gerardi injected herself with the neuranium hydride which canceled out the viridium tracker that was in her system and that's when they lost the tal shiar ship and then the emh explains also that maddox's injuries were not going to kill him but that she had she dr gerardi had disactivated him and uh then Stopped his uh, like micro, uh, I have it written down, hematic micro repair treatment uh, that had been stabilizing him, causing him to die. And Picard doesn't want to believe that Gerardi's in on this. He's like, she was grieving. Uh, maybe it was accidental. Maybe she didn't know about the tracker until they had a tail and Rafi's not buying it. She's like, I don't know. It seems like she's there. And what do you know about Soji? What does Soji know about herself? You, you keep trying to do these things and you're going to get us in more and more trouble. And Picard's like, whatever. And Rafi's like, fine, I'm out of here. And then Picard's like, where are you going? And she's like, I'm going to go rub it in Rios's face and see if that feels better. Cause you suck. <laughs> so, so Picard winds up contacting Admiral Clancy and tells him the whole story. And this has, Two, the two quotes that I chose for this show are in that scene, which I will get to later. But basically, 
She tells Picard, stop wasting my time. I'm sending a fleet to meet with you. We believe you. Get to DS-12 and we'll, we'll go from there. On the bridge... Rafi thinks she's talking to Rios in a this actually part of the broke the whole broken thing is that Rafi is talking to all the broken parts of Rios. Yep. As she's piecing together her broken theory from years before when the Mars thing happened, which I th- I thought was a cool mm-hmm. thing. I also liked I loved the writing between Rafi and the Rioses. Yes, I loved the moment where they had them all together. That's obviously that's the great. She like yeah. eventually goes like, "What the fuck is going on here with the the navigator and the the Scotty version in the in engineering and hospitality guy and uh the the is the hospitality guy the one that leans in too close? It's the close talker. Because yes. when she talks to him in her bedroom, he's like constantly. She, I think Rios could use a confidant, and she's like, Ugh. anyway. And then there's a the guy who doesn't really speak English, uh, only speaks like Spanish, and. Am I missing someone? One, two, three, four. The Irish guy. Irish guy. Is the Irish guy. He's not. Um, he's. Is he the doctor? Is he the doctor? The doctor, I think, is okay. just straight up like the doctor is slightly British. Mm. So we've got, this, we've got the British guy. We've got the Irish guy. We've got the Scottish guy. We've got the Spanish guy. And then I think we just have. Oh, the Irish guy is uh, navigation. That's right. Yeah. Because he's like asking me about. Let me see. I forget. He does the he does the accents pretty very hard. Mm. And you know, everyone knows who listens to this podcast that I'm Irish accent blind, so I never hear an Irish yes, accent. You are. But yeah. I heard this one because it was it oh, was yeah. heavy. No, the Scottish one was heavy. They're all he- they're the engineer. the engineer the Scot the Irish one was super heavy, and the Scottish one was crazy heavy. But the Scottish one feels like obviously trying to be a Scotty. Scottish one was terrible. Well, you're going to be upset about it, but then you shouldn't watch I the know, original series because all you're going to get is that's why he sounds like that. It's the only reason he would make they would make him a Scottish engineer. Right. And obviously the original Scotty was Irish. James du- Duhan. Duhan or Doolan? I forget. I don't know. Duan. Duan. It's Duhan. Okay. Yeah. With an H. Duhan. I thought it was Duhan. Uh, Duan. Duan. James Duan. I don't know how Americans say it. Doing how know how Americans say it. Uh, listen, obviously, it's the kind of thing that you can, but you cannot say. To quote the episode. Oh God. And so, she's talking to that one, and she's asking about, "Hey, what's up with? I saw this weird these uh, all the XBs that are Romulan are making this eight pointed thing." And he's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like a weird star system thing that is made, but uh, it's not really naturally happening. I don't know how it could occur. And then. Rafi talks to the Scottish one. I was thinking about writing down all their names because I know that they are mentioned. I know one is called Enoch. And one is, they all have like names that start with E. I'll work on that for next week. And then uh, she talks to the navigator. Uh, She talks to the engine guy. Anyway, she's putting together this whole concept for this octanary planet system. Why it would exist, who would make it, how it could exist. And eventually she's like, oh, I had been thinking that the conclave of eight were eight people who had been a conspiracy to create the attack on Mars, but what if it referred to the place that they were meeting? And why would you put eight suns in the so the octanary system is eight suns in the sky together in a system with a planet somewhere in the middle? Why would you do that? And and she realizes if you really wanted to get somebody's attention to leave them a warning. <laughs> Uh, anyway, <clears throat> I kind of like inhaled dust just then. 
let dust in the room. What do they call that? A glottal closure or something? I have a gl- I'm having a glottal closure. And you guys should come by. We're, we're having a glottal closure tomorrow, like around three, and bring oh. beers and like uh, whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's BYO. I'm done. Okay, so back on the artifact, uh, Elnor and Seven uh, go down back to the Queen Cell, and Seven, these are the pieces that Seven is dealing with. Uh, she realizes this is the queen cell and she's like, I'm going to turn this stuff on. And, and, and Nerissa is going to try to kill all of the XBs and Borgs and stasis. And then seven is like, listen, I can steal the cube or I can explain it to you. And then Elnor is like, okay, we'll steal the cube. And then seven's having this sort of debate within herself. Cause like hooking back up and making herself the local queen of like a, what she calls a micro collective or a, a mini collective. She doesn't know that she then would be able to stop. It's like a drug. So pieces of seven in that. Meanwhile, on Las Sirenas, uh, Mess Hall, Picard and Soji are talking. Picard tells Soji about Data and how Data made her, him laugh and how he tried to express emotion. And Soji wonders if Picard thinks Data knows how Picard felt. And Picard says, I don't know. I didn't display emotion too well either. <laughs> and uh, she says, what do you think if Data would see him now, what would he think about you? And Picard says he thinks he would someone who would see him as someone who believed in him and his potential and celebrated him and counseled him and tried not to get in the way. And so G, after thinking about this, says, well, then maybe Data loved you after all. Uh, that was when, yes, r- that thereafter, Rafi runs into Ian, the emergency engineering hologram, and the uh, hospitality hologram is apparently just called Mr. Hospitality. Hello. Oh, and that's when she finds out that these pieces of Rios <laughs> were created because when he got La Serena, he went for a self-scan for the EMHs and made them all in his image and then like randomly edited what they knew and didn't know about him. But he's the base model for the six or the four subsets or whatever it is. Feels a bit like Harry Potter when and like Voldemort when he splits himself off. Uh-huh, exactly. They're like Horcruxes because, but Horcruxes for trauma, which we'll get to later because Rios is in his cabin and he's drinking because he's locked himself away and said all the, the, the EMHs to, or the EH, all the uh, holograms, they're EMH, EEH, ENH, E, whatever. Uh, he's drinking and he's taking out an old footlocker full of memories from his old ship, the Ibn Majid. And he's looking at his old uniform and he doesn't want to talk to Rafi when she tries to talk to him. And he finds an old photograph of him with his former captain, whose name is Alonzo Vandermeer. Alonzo Vandermeer, who sounds like he plays for the 1990 Cleveland Cavaliers. And at center, your Cleveland Cavaliers, Alonzo Vandermeer. Is that a hockey team? That's a basketball team, but it's fine. That's all right. And uh, listen, sometimes you can, but you kind of say. And then uh, I just like that that also was said in this in a terrible Scottish accent. Uh, there's a drawing that he pulls out of someone who looks suspiciously. There's a drawing he pulls out of someone who looks suspiciously like Soji. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Why, my dear Cristobal Rios, you look as if you've seen a ghost, sir. 
I've seen her before. Her name is Jana. No, her name's Soji. Oh, no. Her name is Jana, I swear. I have seen her before on the Ibn Masjid. Anyway, moving on, Picard's in the holodeck, and he's there with Rafi, and Rafi has assembled the entire holographic crew because she is trying to put together the broken pieces of Rios to help her put together the broken pieces of what's going on there. And so they're able to figure out sort of like the Rios met Soji before, then her name was Jana. They recognize it has something to do with Captain Vandermeer. The emergency tactical hologram, he's the one who falls asleep all the time and I think only speaks Spanish, and his name is Emmett. I did, did my job. Good job. Uh, I just didn't do it properly. Should have made a list. Uh, apparently, something happened and Vandermeer killed himself, died by suicide, and the Ibn Majid's logs were classified. So, though all the holograms are based on rios and they know that there's something there they don't know what it is hence sometimes you can but you cannot say sometimes you can you know what that means yes i know what ken means i looked it up (laughs) oh okay fine i'm sorry i did i didn't know what it mean meant until i looked it up uh you didn't ken what it meant i didn't i didn't ken what it meant and so ken can be hey guys welcome to Aki learns a little bit about Scottish corner. So Ken can be present tense, p- past tense, like I didn't Ken. I. But also I didn't. I, I Before I didn't Ken. Did, well, there's Didney. I didn't Ken. But it sounds very similar to Dinny Ken. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I didn't Ken what Ken meant. But now I, I do Ken. I, now I can. Thank you. Good job. Here endeth the lesson. Okay. Meanwhile, Gerardi regains consciousness. Uh, Picard is looking down at her. She asks if it worked. He says yes. He says they're headed to D Space 12. And then when they get there, she has to surrender herself for the murder of Maddox. He asks her why she killed her him. She says she had to, basically revealing the whole thing that happened in the cold open of the last episode, that oh did this mind meld with her, and she says poisoned her mind and put in a psychic block to prevent Gerardi from talking about it, which is why we our joke when we talk about this season is that. Allison Pill is constantly crying because she's constantly unable to tell everyone that she's betraying them. And uh, uh, she and they also put that the the tracker in her. So she has a, they have a whole conversation about hell, and blah, 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 and says that that's what O showed her and that and that, oh, yeah, that she's been feeling suicidal and she thinks that it was a memory, but she says it might have happened a long time ago, but that it was something that could happen again. And then they're like, what could make it happen? And then Soji comes in and says, it's me. I'm Seb Cheneb, the Destroyer. Meanwhile, Rios has fallen asleep listening to Billy Holiday's In, in My Solitude. Time. You haunt me. Rafi enters and replicates a cup of coffee. And she's like, hey, what's the deal with Captain Alonzo Vandermeer? And he says, okay, here's my relationship with Vandermeer. Let me put all the pieces together for you. He was like a father figure to me. I used to call him Pop in my head. Uh, I never guessed he'd become a cold-blooded murderer. They were out patrolling the Vate sector. I forgot to write down how they say that. They picked up a small ship. They didn't recognize it. It had two passengers on it. They alerted Starfeet of a first contact. They beamed the two beings aboard. There was an ambassador named Beautiful Flower and a 
and an aide by the name of Jenna. They shook hands, they sat down to eat, and then Vandermeer killed them. Apparently, he'd gotten a black flag directive from Starfleet to kill them, and if Vandermeer disobeyed, they'd blow the Ibn magic out of the sky without, with all hands. And so Rias confronted his captain. He said, why did you do that, sir? Pop, why did you kill him, father figure? And Vandermeer, unable to live with himself, put his phaser in his mouth and pulled the trigger. And then Rios, the dutiful son, covered it all up and, and uh, did everything that Starfleet asked him to do. And then, like, uh, six months later, he was discharged from Starfleet for post-traumatic dysphoria. And then Rios shows... Uh, uh, not Gerardi. Rios shows Raffi the drawing of Rios and Jana, who looks exactly like Soji. And then Raffi realizes, hey, beautiful flower and Soji. But they were synths, y'all. Can we do the synths thing? Warning. Synthetic life form. <laughs> yeah, they were synths. So at the same time that's happening, Gerardi and Soji are talking. And they're talking about like, hey, you know, whatever. Gerardi's taking like a professional interest of a wonder of wonderment at Soji, and she's remarking on the beauty of her design as she has beauty marks and and moles. And she says they're artistry. And they mention Nunyan's song and how he thought he was an artist. And uh, she has, and Soji says she has a crooked pinky toe. And Gerardi's like, oh, that's amazing. You're a technical wonder of art. And uh, but Soji's like, do you think I'm a person? And uh, she knows that O told Gerardi to kill her. Uh, and she's like, I'm not going to let you do it. And Gerardi says, now that I've met you in person, in person, person. I would never do that. I would never do that. That's right. I said person. I know. Just underlining okay. it. Okay, great. Thank you. And aboard the artifact, Narissa is starting to kill all the XBs, and so Seven's like, forget pew, pew, it. Pew, 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 So in the queen cell, Seven's like, forget it. I've seen these life signs fade. I'm linking up to the cube. Boom. She creates her mini collective, and that's when Narissa tries to vent all the drones. Soji and Gerardi come out of sickbay and everyone's waiting and Gerardi says, hey, look, I'm done murdering people and I'm going to turn myself in at DS-12. And she's like, I'm so you guys are the closest thing I've ever had to a crew and I'm so sorry about it. Meanwhile, Rios, who's still in like kind of a weird state, but has pulled himself together, orders a cup of peppermint ice cream and a plate of French fries and he gives them to Soji. And he's remembering his experience with Jana. And then Rafi explains how she put it all together. That's that. 200,000 years ago, sons were brought together in a plant in the center. The Romulans called the admonition as a warning against allowing synthetic life to, to grow, and the Romulans took the warning seriously, and that's why they created the Zadvash, and then Nunyan Singh started creating things like uh, 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 his droids, and uh, the Zadvash decided that they were going to do something about it, so they put a half-Vulcan, half-Romulan in Starfleet, Commodore O, and that person was in charge of taking care of all the stuff that they had to take care of to stop the Federation from researching life forms, and that's why they created the attack on Mars to to, to invoke fear within the Federation people, and that when the Ibn Majid made contact with those pair of emissaries, Jana and Beautiful Flower, uh, things went crazy. And Soji knows of Jana, but she doesn't know how. And Rafi's like, "It's uh, I know how you know how. It's the same reason I knew how you like peppermint ice cream and you were going to dip your french fries in it. It's because I met you before and you're the same person. 
And uh, do you want to catch your breath there? Yeah, and the Zapflash have been looking for them ever since. This makes Soji incredibly angry, and she storms off, and she goes to the bridge, and she brings Lacerena's online, and then she blocks off the end, the the bridge with the force field, and she's like, "Forget it, man! I'm gonna take us to the home planet. We're not going to DS12." And she somehow finds a place in the uh, like Borg uh, trance warp. The thingy majig, chance warp conduit Passage. network. Passage. Conduit. Yes. Yeah. And it's nine hours away at top speed. And she knows. So she's like, let's go. And then Rio starts singing a weird song that his mother taught him when he was a kid that allows him to take back control of the ship. So he has override. But they all decide, you know what? We're gonna go where Soji wants to go, even though whatever we could get our ship could get ripped apart in this transwarp conduit. But they're like, let's do it. It's my ship. And Soji's like, Thank you for doing this for me. And then Nerissa's like, uh, uh, on the on the the artifact slash cube, and she's getting ready to travel to the home world because she thinks all the Borgs have been uh, jettisoned. And then she's ambushed by a group of XBs who take her down and her side, her her guy. I forget what his name is. I didn't write it down. Her like you know number two, uh, or her number one, if you will. Uh, and they're about to take her down, but then she's able to beam safely away to the Rhymeland ships, and they go to warp. And then Seven, speaking for the mini collective, says the cube is ours again. And then Elnor's like, um, are you going to assimilate me now that you have the cube? And then the cube is like, Annika still has work to do, which is an echo of lines from what Nerissa said to her, uh, her auntie when they first became Zatvash after seeing the admonition. She says, uh, we have oh. we have work to do. Yeah, she says something like that. We have to do our work. I skipped right over it, baby. We got our work. Well, I can't remember. I would like to find it. We have... Mm, I didn't write it down. I said work to do. Maybe that's what she says. So maybe it's just a fully an echo of that. Uh, and so she disconnects from the mini cube. Anyway, Serena goes to warp. Picard has a memory of being young and loving space and being alone. And how he knew, and he tells uh, uh, Rios that he knew Vandermeer when Vandermeer had been uh, number one to a classmate of his, Marta. Uh, Marta, uh, I don't know what I wrote there. B. Bat Battens. Battens. I don't know. I wrote that hastily. So, but it was a classmate at the academy, and then. <clears throat> He asks Rios, he and Rios sort of talk about Vandermeer and they come to some sort of agreement. And then uh, Picard says that he thinks that Rios is a good man. And Rios says, I think so too. And they're like, why are we going to go here? The ban is, uh, this is Advash thing. This has to be a trap. Like we know where we're going. They know where we're going. Why are we going to do this? And they're like, of course it's a trap. And they called Soji the Destroyer, so they're going to do something about it. But Picard's like, I'm going to give a speech, and I'm going to tell you there's one way to combat these dire predictions of what might happen. It's with openness, optimism, and spirit of curiosity. Meanwhile, the Zatvash only have fear and secrecy, I think. And then Soji shows up, and she's like, hey, we're here at the Transwarp Conduit. And then she takes out the compass that she got from Riker's daughter. She looks at it. And then Rios takes them in. And they're followed by a tiny Romulan scout ship. And scene. And scene. And that's the episode. Uh, it's a little crazy. Broken pieces. A lot of pieces. Thoughts? 
We're getting near the end. It's getting good. There's a lot to unwrap. Oh, yeah. Well, these were, yeah, like, we got so many answers to to the, yeah, like, questions, but then I feel like only so that we can rush headlong into whatever this climax is going to be. Exactly. It does feel like you're kind of finally going to meet the baddie and then have that, that climax, as you say. Right. We're like, okay. Bruce Maddox, we thought, was the main thing that they wanted to find for forever. They finally found him. Jurati killed him. And then they're mm. like, all right, well, he helped them find Soji. So they find Soji, and they get her out away from the Romulans. And then we're like, whew, that worked. But then we find out that Soji's got to go home for some reason, and the Zavash are still chasing her. And now we find out it's because there's this prophecy and everything screwed up. And then Rios met her before. And that uh, the person who calls Soji Seb Cheneb is the auntie of Darissa and Narek. And like everything's all on top of itself. Mm. So at this point, I don't remember what I thought for the first time. And to be honest, like, I'm, it's probably been a year since I watched. I think it it's literally been a year time. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Good, okay. So in terms of the civilization that left the relic with the warning, right. who did we think that was? Like what theories did you have for this? I had I was very curious about that because they said it was a great mm. civilization that left this warning because the of the they got overtaken by robots, I guess. Or from like um where uh I have it in my notes because Rafi's like, oh, it was from like 200,000 years ago or something. Some two to 300,000 years earlier, those sons were brought together and it was the, the admonition was was created. So I don't know. I mean, it's very curious. Perhaps we will. Perhaps, Perhaps we'll find it's out all a ruse. Season four of Star Trek Discovery. Well, I'm wondering too, like, what's the deal? Season two of Star I Trek mean, Picard. Well, I was thinking oh, that see, Discovery see, see, see. likes to hop around through time, so maybe they'll bounce back 400,000 years earlier to the end of a highly advanced civilization years before Earth, but they wouldn't do that. Uh, I don't know. It's a curious question. I wonder if they'll explore that. I mean, we do know that Q is going to be involved in mm. season two of Star Trek Picard because yes, of uh, first, uh, first Contact, contact day. day. Yay. And we think, th- and we think that the... Trial of humanity continues. The trial never ends, apparently. Indeed. So I'm curious what Q will have to say to Picard, but we don't want to get too much away because we still haven't gotten to the end of season one. But we now know that that's coming out. We know that uh, Lower Decks season two is coming out. We know that Discovery season four is coming out later this year. Didn't get a specific date. And we know that Strange New Worlds is premiering next year. Mm-hmm. So a lot and of we know Star that Trek. they're starting a new movie with J.J. Abrams at the helm. Yeah, we we once do again. know that. Yes. Yes. Many things. Lens flares. That's my sound for lens flares uh, from J.J. Abrams, Star Trek's. Shall we move on to quotable moments? Yes. Quotable moments. Well, I have my okay. two. Uh, I have two as well, actually. Well, I'll start with uh, mine, which is rooted in classical literature. Uh, it's when Picard is talking to Admiral Clancy, and he's like, Clancy's like, that was a hell of a report. And Picard says, when you thought I was a desperate old man, quixotic, paranoid, possibly senile. 
And then Clancy says, well, we can just leave it at Quixotic. And the Picard says, and now the windmills have turned out to be giants. Because Quixotic comes from Don Quixote. Oh, I didn't even know what that meant, to be honest. I was in the dark. It delighted me. Because mm. I'm a big fat nerd. I will pick a quote or an, in- an exchange between those two also. So Picard says to Admiral Clancy, if you say this isn't a job for Starfleet, then I'm sorry, but you're a waste of space. And then Admiral Clancy says, Admiral Picard, with all due respect, and at long last, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Fuck up. We don't get to swear on on this show often, but when we do, that's fun. That was my other quote. Uh, Oh, I did like, (laughs) it was a good bit of acting from uh, Alison Pill. When they're talking and she's asking Soji, like, hey, do you sleep? And Soji's like, every night. And she's like, you sleep every night? My God, what do you eat? And Soji's like, yeah, when I'm hungry. And she's like, what do you do when you're sad? And Soji says, cry. And and Jurati says, thirsty. And Soji says, drink. And then Jurati says, you drink when you're thirsty. That is so beautiful. Mm. It's almost up there with, oh, computer. Show me the pain that I had in the thing. I forgot what that quote was. I should have written it down. Oh, no, not Saru's quote. No, not Saru. Who was mm-hmm. the other thing? Oh, computer. Not the 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 child yeah, yeah. who created the burn. I forgot their yeah. name. We're hopping all over the place with Dis- Discovery Season 3. But anyway, I like that. You drink when you're thirsty. I had I had one more. What do you? Oh, yeah, that's right. Please. What's your second, your second one? It was Nerissa. I'm afraid I broke your gun. Someone get me another weapon. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I like that so much, but I did. I'm afraid I broke your gun. That's it. And I also liked when, when Nine said, I mean, it's so weird because you don't like the Borg for so long. But then when Seven says, we are Borg. You kind of, yeah, you kind of we want them to win, don't you? We are Borg. You go, yeah. <laughs> We've really come around on the Borg. Because isn't that an interesting journey? I'm talking about broken pieces. Like Seven... We recently watched some episodes of Voyager with Seven, but like goes from really being a Borg to really striving to find our humanity, not unlike Data, only to find humanity through suffering and pain and the loss of friends and fighting for a cause that as a Fenris Ranger is possibly, uh, you know, hopeless and and committing uh, imperfect acts like uh, not being so morally uh, above, like killing someone who killed someone she loved. And then she finds herself returning to the collective to create a new collective, to become a queen herself out of compassion for the individuals who had been turned into Borg. I mean, what the fuck? They're broken pieces, too. (gasps) Oh, my God, you're so right. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's a, it's allergy season in New York, so I just inhaled like uh, so much tree dander. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, this was a great episode. There were a lot of cool things in it. A lot of like the undercurrent things were amazing as well. In my opinion, yeah, oh yeah. So, shall we talk about next time? Let's do it. Next time. On set phasers. Oh, yeah. Next time on set phasers. I may have forgotten to write down the name of the next episode. Got it. Oh, because it's uh, <clears throat> really. <laughs> One second. Please cut that out. Um, 
Thank God we're not live. <sighs> well, you're the one who had me doing huge gasp takes for no reason. I did not. You did them voluntarily. You, I did one, and then you did a thing and made me want to do more. Uh, so it's your fault. You're the adult. Okay, so <laughs> next week we will begin the final two episodes of Star Trek Picard Season 1. Uh, they are part one and part two episodes, and the first one is called, well, they're both called the same thing. But anyway, it's called Et in Arcadia Ego. And I do believe I'm saying that right because I have started taking Latin lessons. I'm four lessons in. Have you really? I have. Because <laughs> I literally don't have much to do. Ego, I mean, I have tons to do. Ego is I am. Et is mm -hmm. and. And in Arcadia, I have no idea. And in the something I, I go. I think it's I in am. Arcadia, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you uh, I forget why Arcadia is important. I think that's a reference, a specific classical reference. Mm, probably. Mm -hmm. Having to do with arriving in a place of strange wonders. I wonder what that could mean. I wonder. I wonder what that could mean. Mm, boy. In any case, I, don't know. Know. I wonder mm. what it could mean. Anyway, at in Arcadia Ego, part one next week. Uh, until then, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoy the program, you can catch us as a podcast. Every Monday, we put up new episodes wherever you get your podcast from. And please, please, please tell your friends about us. Rate and subscribe us. Do, do. We want to hear all about what you think of our lovely show. Um, yes. And tell your friends what you think of our lovely show also. Uh, we are, of course, on the Facebook and the Instagram. We are at Set Phasers and at Set Phasers Podcast, respectively, I believe. Or if not, just, just try it around. You'll find us. Um, so please join us for conversations about all things Trek and uh, Meme Game Strong hashtag. Yay. Meme Game Strong. And this is James Mason. If you want to support our continuing mission to discover what Discovery has in store <laughs> for us, we'd only be delighted. You can patronize us. We can take it by going to patreon.com slash zphasers. <laughs> well, <laughs> until next time, I'm Stevie Manns. And I'm Aki Burmese, and this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Computer. End program. Hmm?